Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Previously on Dungeons & Dragons. Maybe we should check in with Leosin? I guess. I mean, honestly, we need some direction about what we need to do. Well, we need to go to the Wizards of the Fae. Yeah. And we need to figure out how we're going to do that. You make your way back up and into Leosin's chambers. What do you know about Fae? Oh, uh, nothing. Uh, they're not good guys. Yeah, I can't say anything really rings a bell. It's, it, it's a little unsettling when you go there. The ones that are helping the cult of the dragon, they are run by Rathmodar, who was exiled by the Red Wizards of Fae. Um, anytime you address someone, it is best to address them with both their title and their name. This is going to go great, guys. It is, totally. because I remember names really well, yep. and I pronounce them impeccably. Yes, you make it to the teleportation chamber, Leosin and Lady Laryl Silverhand, and Nai Ilmich. And she begins a ritual, you quickly arrive into a luxurious chamber, and she leads you to three rooms. Do you have any experience with, like, souls being trapped in bodies? My name's Bort. Uh, I've been trapped in this dwarf's body for a while now, and I want out. Welcome to Dungeons & Dragons! We're a D&D 5th Edition actual play podcast, and I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. And with me today is Amy Moore. Why I gotta be first. I play Thea Amastasia. And Carla Johnson. The, what is it? Golden bronze goddess? But not. I play new Lara Moonbrook. And Tom Laird. Why I gotta be last. <laughs> I play Flint Firebeard. Thank you. I didn't say on theme. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. It's okay. Well, it's okay. We bookended you. Yeah. Bronze goddess. Where right. is your tan, Carla? Well, right. did you leave it in Mexico? Did they make you leave it at the border? They were like, uh-uh, you can't take that's, that with you to Canada. You'll make everyone feel bad. Anything to declare? No, I'll just leave I my tan I here. I wasn't even allowed to get one. I do have a tan for me. I'm a very pale person, FYI. People yeah, I who only like. know what I sound like. So for me, I do have a tan. Not really visible on Skype because... I'm very good about facial sunscreen. Oh, also, I was in Mexico. Did I say that? I feel like none of <laughs> no, that we made just any sense. Right I'm just it. talking about my tan. Yeah, <laughs> I was Carla, in Mexico for ten days. Carla was in Mexico and abandoned us. Now we're now we're back playing games. I'm very happy about it. Very yeah. happy about it. I missed I my friends. You guys. Oh, yeah, I it was only too. two weeks, but it felt like so long. It I only got to play like one other time. game during that time. Jeez, oh, I'm sorry, please. Russ. Right? So much happened in that time. It was forever. I'm sorry that I forgot how to play. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm apologizing. The in preemptive advance. apology. I love it. It's also, I'm, if we're sorry. just apologizing, I'm also getting sick. So I don't sound the best. I'm sorry for that. It's that uh, season. I don't think I have much to apologize for. I did play D&D the other night with my brother, his wife, and their daughter. So mm-hmm. maybe. So you're fresh. Yeah, there we go. I'm like ready to go. You're I ready. don't apologize. There you yeah. go. That's good. Whoa. How un-Canadian. I was going to say a strong anti-Canadian stance from Tom. And a place where you can get even more apologies. Hmm. Mm. No. Try again. That's true. And the place where... Segway master. 
waiting for it. I gave That's you a theme. This is making the segue. It's not happening. <laughs> Patreon.com slash dumb dragon cast. It's the sick. ultimate no, segue. The ultimate segue. Just jump right into it. Just yep. yell it out. Um, you can join us over there. And we have a wonderful community of fab- fabulous people. True. The best people. The best people. And when you are a patron of ours, you get a you get an episode dedicated to you. Like today's episode is dedicated to the lovely Eli McElveen and Sean Howard. Yay, Thanks, Eli, Eli and Sean. Sean. You guys are awesome. Now, it might seem like we're doubling up, but they put their names all in the same thing. Oh, yeah. Fair enough, yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. Eli McElveen and Sean Howard, you know, they run those podcasts, Alba Salix and The End of Time and Other Bothers. The End of Time and Other Bothers is a great name for a podcast. It is. And they are very funny. Super funny. It is a funny one. Their characters are great. And you know what? We're going to get to meet them when we go to PodCon in Seattle, because they're going to. Which is like less than two months, you guys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's coming up real soon. The only other check was to check Tom's audio. Uh, we've already done that so yeah we're i checked good. it before Yay. i even checked it while we were on skype originally to see to make sure that skype wasn't fucking with it and it seems fine and you know what audio things happen we still put yep. out some great episodes apologies about the audio and but now hopefully... we're back to crystal clear tom which will be good so going crispy. forward which we're good so talking about crispy. this so much and then you know when we get it it Oh, it better not be bad it when I stop this file. <laughs> Fuck it, let's play D and D. Woo! Everybody, remember where we were. You guys are talking about, yeah. Say we're in Thay. We're in Thay. We're in our it's theme room. Badass theme room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I've got Arabian Nights. Remember happening. what your what your theme room feels yeah. feels like. It's Arabian Nights. I'm I'm lounging on silk pillows. There's just like oranges mm-hmm. and pinks everywhere. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I've got like an elven theme going on, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Mine's very like northern and frost gianty and like uh, hearths and fur rugs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tom or Flint's was the very hardest for me to remember because I haven't edited that far. And I was like, ah. what the fuck was his? And I had to <laughs> ask Amy because it was like, he, he got, went with like an elven tree thing. I was like, oh, fuck. He right. got desperate. He was like, did you hear that? He was like, oh, my God, I racked my brain and I couldn't find my notes and I didn't edit. And then eventually I had to ask the other person who actually did the podcast. <laughs> and it I turns to- out she remembered. Oh, my gosh. Wasn't a slight against you. It's no, just, but I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. There, there were. It's real good chance that I wasn't going to remember. Yeah, it didn't have to do <laughs> with like, me, and I'm super. It's a real solid chance, guys. So you have entered your respective rooms. Doors closed behind you. Nye Ilmich said that she would call upon you when Tharchian Eseldra Yep is ready for you. Flint. And you are Flint right now. Yes. Yeah. I remember that too. In your room, there is a... In each of your rooms, but we'll start with Flint, there is a table by fireplace with food and a pitcher of ale as well as a jug of water. A note is left beside with a bell, and the note says, uh, Ring for service. So your whole room is an... Elven oasis, a treetop village, very misty, very, very earthy. Not what a dwarf would normally wish for, but you have. That's right. This is what you have. 
So you've got some time, you've got some food, you've got some things. What do you want to do while you're in? Uh, I don't know, probably just relax. I mean, the last few days haven't been, like, harrowing, but they've been very busy. Be nice to just take a break. Sounds good. You know, have a Kit Kat bar, etc. Huh. There is a very, uh, very comfortable hammock set up in the main living space of this of this area that you are in. Flint does love him a hammock. Cue to a really funny little montage of him trying to get in the hammock. Yeah, how high is it hung like, up? It'd be hard. Spinning and like mm-hmm. arms and legs and like a big knot in the middle. Like, it's yeah. just high enough to be awkward. <laughs> Perfect. Like this, everything else in this room is perfect except for the height of the hammock <laughs> but that's what i really really want yeah so <laughs> he climbs the tree and does a haunt <laughs> <laughs> should i roll some sort of dex roll to get in this hammock <laughs> oh no we're just we're just leaving that in the minds of the people just okay, to see how perfect. well you do. some of them in my mind you're still struggling to get in oh yep. yeah it's a it is the struggle is real you have a real good nap when you're done though because you will have oh. earned it yeah it's tuckered right it. out Sounds good. All right, we'll leave you to struggle with your hammock. Nulara, you are in this ice cave, this frost giant's, very reminiscent of a frost giant's lair. There are large bear, polar bear pelts. There's um, furs and and very heavy, thick fabrics laid upon the large bed. Um, as well, in your room, there is a very comfortable large chair um, beside a fireplace, and the same... Um, table of food, pitcher of ale, and clean jug of water with the same note, ring for service, with a little bell beside it. What are you doing in this room? Uh, I think probably first I'm going to like walk around and touch everything like Carla does in real life when mm-hmm. she goes places. Of course. Um, Carla's because, not invited like, over anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but just like something that's so texture rich, like yeah. if there are furs and like rich velvets and things i'm gonna want to like walk around and pet everything see what feels nice Uh, i'm probably gonna drink some water and eat some of that food um and then probably also just like relax um because yeah it hasn't been an exciting few days but i suspect there are some exciting times ahead so always best to uh relax while you can like in real life when you should always like eat or go pee whenever you can, just mm-hmm. just in case. Mm-hmm. So always a good idea. Naturally. That's good. You do that. You um, you, you sidle up in the, in the chair, wherever you are comfortable, um, and you start relaxing for a good long while, and then you hear the dagger in your head. <laughs> Stuck at the mercy of the red wizards, are you? Not a great place to be in. Thea, you're in a room very reminiscent of the region of Chult. So very uh, rich in uh, satins and linens and and all sorts of very comfortable and uh, desert and... A lot of flowy robes. Things. Lots of flowy robes the and tapestries pillows. and just yep. jewel tones. All mm. those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Golds. Very rich, plush bed. Big, massive fireplace. Again, a spread of food and ale and water. Same note. Um, ring for service and a tiny bell. 
What are you doing in this room? Oh, Thea looks around and it's just like, <laughs> like, just, she's like, oh, this is just exactly what I wanted. And she immediately strips off all of her clothes and crawls into the bed and just rolls around naked on the fabrics. Because if you have all those rich fabrics, you gotta like, get them. You gotta get, you gotta get it all over your body. And Thea's kind of a nudist a little bit. She just likes, anytime a door closes, I believe she takes off her pants. That's how I imagine her to be. Similar to myself, right? You get home after a day's work, you're like, I'm not wearing real clothes anymore. Only she just like mm-hmm. full on goes buck ass naked. It only took 64 episodes to figure that out. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. We knew she's like naked. development, Russ. But we don't spend a lot of times in like fancy hotel rooms, Russ. Mm-hmm. Uh, unknowing how long you have in this room, you have stripped completely naked. <laughs> It's true. Someone could be in in five minutes, but he's like, <laughs> this might be the only time I get to have in this bed. Exactly. I'm very much the way New Laura is thinking right now. And Flint, if you have some time to relax, like, just take it. So I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Pants off, dance off. <laughs> There's no pants party here. <laughs> Back to Flint. A knock comes to the door as you are relaxing, chillaxing, all cool. Am I shooting some b-ball outside of the school? You might be. A couple of guys who were up to no good started making making trouble in my neighborhood. neighborhood. That's who's knocking on the door. One little fight. How long does it take me to get out of the hammock? (laughs) Roll for hammock. Okay, I'm going to roll a straight up D20 hammock roll, and it's a 10. I split the difference. Oh, dear. 30 minutes later. (laughs) No, I mean... Wait, because what a success would have been 15 minutes? I guess. <laughs> it's a tough roll. No, it takes you, It takes you. we'll say, like 30 seconds of struggling, good hard struggling to get out of this hammock. But... Uh, but Can we yeah. hear the grunting that w- we would be heard from behind the door? Like, what kind of noise is Flynn making? I don't know what's going on in there. <laughs> They're like... <laughs> We'll come back. It's okay. Long enough that there's a hesitant second knock. So we'll say that. Okay. Coming. Coming. And I go and answer the door. You open the door to a pale-faced human who stands before you. And you see greens and blues blotched all over the man's visible skin. With cloudy eyes. He looks down at you, because he is much taller than you, as you open the door. And he says, Master Firebeard, or other soul, you have placed a request for a certain ritual? Oh, yeah, that would be uh, the other guy asked for that. But yeah, kind of, we're curious of how to get this other dude out of my head. Yes, yes. The great Zaz Tam has been approached about your request, and Zaz Tam can help you. Zaz Tam has the power to grant all requests. <laughs> so I'm imagining, like, kind of like the movie Kazam or Shazam. Zaz Tam. What if that he would could like. uh, say Zaztam after he casts every single spell, that would be great. <laughs> it would be. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh, so, uh, Zaztam. Yeah, let's, uh, can I go see him now? Is he coming here? What do you have in mind? Uh, he would, he would not see you particularly. Oh, oh okay. 
but he could grant you uh, what you request. The ritual involves removing the unwanted soul. In this case, he looks down at you. I believe the dragonborn's soul. And yeah. placing it into a new host. Yeah, that would, that would be great, because, I mean, I want Bort... I want him to have somewhere to go. I just don't want him to stop existing. Mm-hmm. Well, hosts are plentiful here in Thay. Yeah, aren't you guys are like a bunch of liches, right? Mm, no. Is that an offensive oh. term? Should I know, I was like, that? is that My racist bad. in My world? Bad. I don't mean, like, are you undead? It's like, actually, we prefer to be called, like, previously living. I'm, there, I must have been misinformed. I, I'm the, sorry about that. There, There is but one lich, the great Zaztam. I was going to say, is it Zaztam? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Um, yes, souls, however, are harder to come by. And I didn't mean it as, like, a pejorative. You know the old saying, liches kill bitches. <laughs> that old positive saying. Yep. He, he has a very confused look on his face. He says, I don't believe I have heard that one before. Oh, it's all the rage. Back in, uh, in and around Waterdeep. He has a bit of a disgusted look on his face. He says, yes. Okay. While Zaztam can grant you your request, he requires only one thing. Okay. We must be upfront about these things. You and the unwanted soul will become a follower of the great Zaztam. Wait, both of us? You will aid him and his military in bringing down his enemies in... Rathmodar, as well as aiding in greater battles against enemies in Rashomon and beyond. Well, I mean, we're kind of doing our part to not let Tiamat rise. Does that count towards my tally on the good side of things? Saztam deals in bargains one for one. So, yes? <laughs> The offer is. I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to the idea of helping him out. Just like we are busy with this other world-saving mission at the moment. Yes. I mean, I'm sure Bor would hop on board right away, but I might need some time. That's all I'm saying. Just give me the time. I just need the time. The offer is only good as long as you are in Thay. Okay. I will. Uh, I'll think it over. Just ring the bell for service. And he turns and leaves. Oh, it's not just food and drinks the yeah. bell will bring. It's also I, soul removal. Apparently bargains with liches. Things. It's amazing. I was wondering about this service. You close the door and get back to your hammock. 20 to 30 minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> He'll get in and then someone know. will knock on the door someone again. Someone will like, knock Son on of the a door. Bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Back to New Lara. The dagger has just said, uh, he's laughing at you. Stuck at the mercy of the Red Wizards, are you? Not a great, not a great place to be. Yes. Honey. Sweetie. You want to be a star? You want to be a star, don't you? As 
if I can <laughs> eat the fucking dagger more. Yeah, it's like a fucking creepy Hollywood agent. Sleazy agent. Yeah. <laughs> She's Estelle from Friends. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Oh, yeah. see, that's more. That's that's cuter. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, what do you know about here? Have you been here before? Oh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, me and me and the master, we've we've been all around, and we know exactly what the red wizards are capable of. And let me just tell you, he could grant you so much power, you would be able to deal with these cultists really single-handedly. Is that right? What? Uh, and and who's the master again? What's his name? Did you give me that before? I feel like oh. we haven't communicated one on one like this before. It's it's been a while, uh, at least a day. Um, but no, um, the the master. I don't believe I did give you his name. Yeah, not sure if I'm supposed to give you his name yet. Hold on. Stupid dagger. Stupid. Let me let me just send a quick email. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I'm supposed to give you his name yet. Uh, when we're communicating, Russ, are we? Like, in my mind communicating, or am I actually speaking out loud? You, you tell before me. Before he's, like, in my head, right? He's, he's definitely in your head, but how are you communicating to him? Are you talking out loud like Donnie would hear, or are you <laughs> just verbalizing, like, in your mind? Well, also, wouldn't Donnie hear that? Yes. He would Donnie hear that, too. So Donnie hears all. Yep. <laughs> Donnie knows what's up. You and your telepathic connections with everything yeah. on your body. <laughs> Very. Yeah. Uh, have an open brain policy. Just anyone can just wander on in. <laughs> to have a seat, make yourself at home. Tell me their nonsense or not about their master or not. Um, I would. I feel like it would have to maybe be telepathically because we were communicating before, and he's like, uh, I don't know. We've had scenes where, um, like we've had scenes where you've been having a conversation with it, and people have. React heard me? It. I think like, so. Can people hear me? I honestly I just can't remember, Russ. I can't. If I, I we've already established, I think if you're alone in your room, though, like maybe time, you're wandering around, touching things, being yeah. like, the last time you heard from the dagger was when you hugged Thaddeus goodbye, and he was like, ah, oh, just stab him a little bit. Yeah, but he, you didn't say anything in response to, me, to that. Right? Just stab him a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you probably wouldn't. No, maybe you wouldn't have. I'm trying to think of. Well, because I don't think so, because I don't think. Oh, yeah. Like, others don't know so much what's going on with me and him. Yeah, there's only been a couple back and forths, and everything else is either him just talking to you and you just disregarding. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, telepathic. I don't think we know that the dagger is talking to her, because it told her that if, if she tells anyone that she's talking to the dagger that it'll make her kill them. Yeah, and I, like, can't ask yeah. them for help and stuff. So, okay. Yeah. So, in my mind, although Amy is right, in this specific instance, like, yeah. I could be talking out loud because I'm yeah. by myself in my room. But, yep. what if? Um, so, that was a no on the master's name. Yeah. It's a roundabout way to learn that that was a no. <laughs> well, it's good to establish, uh, though. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, what... Does your master want me to do other than, you know, stab my friends? Well, now that now that you and I are here, uh, 
I mean, he has a stake in this battle, just like any any other any other person. Tiamat's return is not ideal for anyone, obviously, as you know. And after we see keeping her to, you know, her hell home, the world would be ripe for a new ruler, so to speak. And with you and me at at the master's side, it could all go very well for us. I'm going to say you're not really, like, very forward-thinking, because if what you want is to stop Tiamat, mm-hmm. you should not have me be stabbing my friends who are actively trying to stop Tiamat. Just saying. Seems like we're on the same side right now. That was a hindsight moment, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. okay? See, what, what I had come from was the cult of the dragon. They wanted everybody dead. And I was trying to work it from the inside, right? Sure. Whereas now you, it was a quick turn. I was like, oh, these two people want to fight over me. Who's stronger? You you won that one. And then I said, just like, look, I'm not going to kill anybody. I am loving this dagger. <laughs> so maybe for a while, in, you know, I'm not saying yes or no to joining your master, but maybe just for the time being, we could put an ixnay on the... Stabbing of the friends. Okay, yes, 100%. No stabbing of the friends. However, Uh there's this thing Mm -hmm. where I get a little thirsty. So. For blood, I'm assuming? Yeah. Blood. Can we just, you don't need to dance around it. Let's just. (laughs) We need to get get a little. Let's call a bloodthirsty dagger a bloodthirsty dagger. Okay. From time to time, uh, that might need to happen. Don't know where, don't know when, but I'll let you know. It won't be your friend. Okay. Unless, of course, we can't get the thing that we need to make that go away at the time. Then I, I can't be held accountable for what happens. Hey, if I know the parameters I'm working with are you need to kill something... I can kill things. I have no problem with killing Beautiful. things. I just don't want to stab my friends. I get it. I get it. I didn't want to stab my friends either. I, I... Thea, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Does the dagger represent our daggers? Am I the dagger's friend? I don't understand how the dagger's mentality You know, maybe the dagger went to dagger school, had to murder its dagger friends. I know, this is the thing. There's probably a whole dagger backstory. Only the sharpest and strongest survive. Exactly. Two dagger enter, one dagger leave, etc., etc. Thea, what are you doing? I'm rolling around on my bed naked. I've brought the tray of food onto the bed because walking to get food is for stupid people. And, and I am the, just that's like, what the is. <laughs> I, I'm just like on my bed like this, the tray's in front of me. I got my like feet kicking up behind me. I'm on my tummy. I'm like popping grapes and whatever in my mouth. I'm just having the best time. A knock so, comes at the door. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, Speak up. I can't quite hear you. Okay. Um. Usually people open doors. You can open it. You got arms. Don't do you have arms? If you don't, I'm real sorry. I have one arm. Okay, well you can use it. The door slowly 
opens, <laughs> and you see a what looks clearly like an undead human enter the room, and he slowly leans in. And just nude. Just doesn't care. Just well, I don't think it. I'd get dressed for it, but I'd be like, oh, what do you want? <laughs> this is part of your disrespect. True. Yeah, that's right. Look at my right? butt. You don't even, you don't oh. <laughs> look at my butt. <laughs> you don't even deserve a clothes. The, uh, oh, what? Uh... Uh, not nigh, Ilmich sent me. Uh, Tharchin, Iseldra, Yeth, we'll see you and your friends now. Okay. You can leave now. Yes. They slowly... <laughs> nice, bye. Creeps back. <laughs> yeah, creeps back out. Weirdo. Shut the door behind punishment. you. <laughs> mm, Tia gets dressed. This is the thrill of my undead life. Bye. <laughs> Flint. The thrill of my undead. You've just settled back into your hammock and a knock comes at the door. I once again struggled to get out of the hammock. Although I've gotten better at it, it only takes me about 15 seconds now to get out of the hammock. Sure. In my mind, you just have realized that the most efficient way to get out is the least graceful. Like you just can always get out of Yeah, like you can always get out of a hammock quickly. It just, just like lean. is yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> awkward and you might hurt yourself, but it's quick. Right. Roll for yeah, hammock so damage. Uh, <laughs> roll for damage for falling out of the hammock. Uh, yeah, I go, I go, hop back onto my feet after landing on the floor, and I go answer the door. Yeah. Uh, you see a a one armed undead human. He's got hair plastered to his face. He looks down at you and he says, "Nai Ilmich has sent me Tharchin Iseldra Yeth. We'll see you." Please ready yourself. Uh, okay. Do I need my weapons, or can I just go like this? Because I'm ready. The last door was naked. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm way ahead of the game, then, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yes. You got a good That's 20 weird. minutes. Usually I'm the naked one. <laughs> yes. Um, I will knock on the final door and come to fetch you. All right, well, I'll just go have some of this food, and I'll, I'll even leave the door open. Just yell when you need me. Yes, enjoy the food. And he turns and walks. And I shoot him a quick high five before he turns and walks away. He looks to move. I go for, like, the other side that his That's hand isn't on, though, and then I'm say. like, ooh, and I look all embarrassed and then go for the other side. He just hangs his head, but then puts up his one hand. Nice fully work. work. That's uh, right. Just a little aside, just a story, because something like this very similarly happened to my brother. So <laughs> he used to work in a hospital um, as a lab technician. And one day he got into, he was waiting for an elevator. And so it opened and he held the door for someone and he said, hop on in here. The dude only had one leg. Ooh. Oh. So I think the Ooh. equivalent of maybe getting a high five <laughs> yeah. from someone with yep. only one arm and going for the wrong side. Totally. It happens. D&D mimics real life. Right. Always. Always. Sometimes. Constantly. 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 Can't tell you how many pieces of cutlery in my house are talking to me right now. (laughs) We're all very concerned about Carla. She really needed that vacation. I spend a lot of time alone in my place. So Carla, let's kill the hacky sack guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh. I'm sorry. Is there a hacky sack guy? Yeah. Oh, is let's, there ever? Uh, let's discuss that uh, next episode's intro. Oh, all right. All right. Stay tuned next to week it. to find out about the hacky sack guy. I'm very he excited. He is a wait. treat. Uh, new Laura. You, you've just had this. Your hat. Your. I, it's basically where we left off, and a knock comes at the door. Uh, okay, I go open the door. And you see a one-armed, undead human, hair plastered to his face, and he looks at you and he says, Nai Ilmich sent me. Estarchian Eseldra Yeth will see you now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. I do, like, gather up my things, but most of my things are, you know, I should clarify. I don't bring, like, my my traveling pack and my, you know, I grab my weapons and my, like, normal things that As I As you're have. grabbing things, he's like, you will return here before you leave if you need to leave anything in this room. Okay. Great. And he goes and he knocks on Thea's door. I open it on, like, the one knock. And I'm fully ready. All my weapons are on me. He looks unimpressed. So you want to and see that butt I just, again? I just, <laughs> I just stare at him. He keeps walking down to Flint's door. Well, my door's open. And I'm just standing in the door jam with a comically large wheel of cheese. And I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and he leads the way down the hall around a corner and down at the end where you see Nye Ilmich. And she is standing at a closed double door. Um, and she says, thank you, Edward. And he bows to you and heads off down another hall. And she says, Tharchin Yef is prepared to see you now. Are you prepared? Is there anything we need to know in advance? Just be yourself. Oh, that's not good advice. You're going to regret yeah. that advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, we we discussed the the titles, the use of titles, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So Tharchin is the title? Tharchin Eseldra, yeah. Yes. I should really write this down. <laughs> I think I did, and now my notebook is... She so waits I... for you as you begin scrawling on notepads. <laughs> Tharchin... Eseldra, yeah. Got it. Thanks, Nyelmich. Of course, Flint Firebeard. You enter a large audience chamber. You see seated in the center on a large throne-like chair a woman who is wearing elegant red robes. She has very pale fair skin, which gives the appearance of porcelain. She has long, braided, jet-black hair, and her eyes appear a deep amber. Jutting out over and pressing into her lower lip, you see fang-like canines. She is accompanied by ten red wizards and five whites. As you approach, she waits until you come to the front of the chamber, and she looks at you, and she delivers what appears to be a prepared message. 
She says, We find ourselves bound in common cause against common enemies. Those who sought to destroy us in ages past now seek to destroy you. Our thirst for vengeance is strong, as is your thirst for continued life. Our enemy has become your enemy. We know their weaknesses and the ways of destroying them forever, without destroying their usefulness. You have the opportunity to discover their hiding places in your struggle against their cult allies. Together, we can remove them as a threat to both of us. Our agent, Nye Ilmich, will return with you to your city of Waterdeep, there to serve as our liaison to your council. What you learn of the enemy, she will relay to us by means of our own. You need only find the enemy. We will deal with them, as is our custom. I am authorized by our eternal master, Zaztam, to say these things, for I act in his name. Well, hello there! I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. Thanks for joining us for episode 64 of Dungeons & Dragons. Come up to Thay! Have a few laughs! Before we get back to the intense negotiations that you know the adventurers are going to bring, we just want to send out a huge thank you to you for coming along on the adventure with us. We've reached a pretty huge milestone recently where we hit 40,000 downloads or listens, and that means that there are a whole bunch of you who have begun listening to us this year, and we are thrilled to have you here with us, so thank you. We have some pretty big goals story-wise coming up in 2019 that we are very excited for as we get closer to the climax of our story, and we think that you are going to love some of the new stuff we're crafting behind the scenes as well. We don't have it all set in stone yet, so I don't want to reveal too much, but it involves some super fun new directions for our players and characters to embark on. Hey, if you're loving what we're doing and you would like to support the show even more, as well as join a wonderful community filled with outstanding people, we invite you to check out our Patreon community over at patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast. If you're unaware of how Patreon works, it's a creator-to-patron-driven platform where you, as a supporter of a show, artist, or content creator, can choose to sign up for a monthly fee that fits your budget to become a part of that creator's inner circle, the closest-knit people within their community, our community. And by signing up and supporting the creators you love, that allows those creators to be paid for the things they do, which, for us, has allowed us to invest back in the show to make it sound better and better as we go with new equipment, investing in music and sound effect programs, as well as putting some of our expenses together to get all four of us to PodCon in Seattle this January, where we'll get to meet you, if you're going to be there, but also meet a whole ton of creators sparking new relationships and inspiring even better storytelling for the years to come. We just hosted our monthly Goog Hang for patrons, where patrons at the Squire level and up, that's $2 per month, get together with us and chat about the show, about life, about pretty much anything we want. But we announced some new changes to the Patreon tiers that we will be expanding into the public community in different ways in the new year. So we'd love to have you be a part of this community. And if you're interested to check out all the details, you can visit patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast. And if Patreon isn't right for you, we understand. 
there are so many other ways to support Dungeons and Dragons. If you listen to us and love the show, we're creating a review or share of an episode to a friend or family member goes a long way. To thank you, we'll gladly read those reviews that you leave for us on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you leave a review somewhere else, send it to us on social media and we'll give it a read and talk about how awesome you are. You can find all of our social media links and where to get a hold of us through our website, dumbdragons.com. And thanks to Sirenscape for some of the amazing atmosphere. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com to bring your games to life. Links for everything mentioned today can be found in the description. And the next episode will be out Wednesday, December 5th. Jeez, we're in December. Can you believe it? This year's just, just going to use that cliche. And this year has really flown by. Too much fun, too much excitement, too many things going on. Speaking of which, let's get back to those negotiations. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. So you want us to find the exiles and... Tell Nyelnich where they are, and she'll tell you, and you'll help us defeat the Cult of the Dragon? Am I paraphrasing correctly? My lady. Darkness Eldrieth. She looks to Flint and says, yes. And how will you destroy the cult in your own custom, Darkness Eldrieth? She looks to you, and she says... Oh, she'll look at me. Our concern is not necessarily with the cult, but the Red Wizards... She has a disgusted catch in her throat. The exiles who are aiding them. Without them, their plan is void. Okay. Flint Firebeard. Uh, yes. How long have you been tracking the cult's movements? Well, at this point, it seems like a lifetime. Sorry, I can't be more specific than that. It has been a long time. Nulara Moonbrook. When was your first encounter with Wrath Modar? I've... I... I... Don't recall... Archinus Eldrieth. Hmm. Thea Amastasia. What forces are joining the fight against the cult of the dragon? In in the fight against Tiamat, we have the metallic dragons on our side. We have the forces of different armies and groups around Faerun. I guess, the general area of Faerun, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, um, who are who are willing to fight with us. The smaller towns themselves are even doing their best to drive them back. If, if nothing else, it's really, it's big community building. It's really bringing everyone together. Hmm. People love a shared enemy. <laughs> what do you require from us? Well... The offer of getting rid of the exiled red wizards is absolutely fantastic. Because mm. um, as you said, Thurchin Aseldria, without them, they will not be able to do the ritual required to bring Tiamat. 
However, mm. there there's a lot going on outside of that with the cult destroying villages and you know uh, recruiting other dragons um, that just whatever help you're able to offer outside of what you are already prepared to do, we would not say no to. Flint Firebeard, you are prepared to bring an undead army to your battle? Would I be the one leading it? No. <laughs> oh, that's that's fine. I was just scared. I mean, I am I have a big soldier background, so I wanted to wanted to make sure about that one. Uh yes. I believe that we will take any help that we can get. Mm-hmm. I have a question. With this, I mean, the the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The Wizards of Thay have not necessarily been um, friends of Faerun before. What is to stop you and yours from striking when Faerun is at its weakest with armies of undead already in place. It just raises a few red flags for me. She continues to look at you, Flint, and says, Our issues and our fight is not with Faerun or the Lord's Alliance. It is stopping Rathmodar and the exiled wizards. It is stopping Rashomon from crossing our borders and using our wellspring of power. So this is more of a protect your own back by cleaning up your mess situation. Rathmodar believes that bringing Tiamat to the material plane will give him power and favor from the Dragon Queen. That makes sense. I mean, if anyone could bring her back, of course she would look kindly upon them. It makes sense to me that you would want to nip that in the bud before it were to happen, because if he did gain power, I imagine that would be all sorts of headaches for you and your Zaz Tam. You are correct. Wrath Modar wishes to overthrow Zaztam, to return Thay to what might have been a, in his words, more prosperous time. But know that there is no other prosperous time than under our eternal master Zaztam. Wrath Modar must fall. Then yeah, I... I, I don't see a problem with us having the help of an undead army. Is your... One question for you, Tharchin Aseldra Yeth. Uh, Zaztam, is he good on his word? The word of Zaztam is worth every life in Thay. Okay, good to know. And how about the undead lives in Thay? She does not regard your statement. She won't stoop to your level, Amy. Whatever. I just don't. I just don't want to be held accountable for 
and I guess I'm saying this out loud too in the game, I just don't want to be held accountable for, you know, helping with the defeat and the rise of Tiamat, and then also, though, bringing upon a an army of undead to then, you know, it's like... I, got, I have worries. There is much to consider, Flint Firebeard. We'll take it under consideration, certainly. If there is nothing else, I shall ask you to return to your rooms. And we will discuss matters to find our most effective capabilities in this fight of yours and ours. She stands up, and the red wizards all around her stand up, and unless anybody has anything else to say, she begins to walk out. Everybody make a charisma persuasion check. Ah, charisma. <laughs> Classic charisma. Uh, I got a 14. 11. 16. She walks out, followed by the wizards and the whites, and Nye Ilmich walks up to you and says, I will escort you back to your chambers. Give us the straight goods here, Nye Ilmich. How did that go for us? <laughs> On a scale from one to ten. There is m- much deliberation that Tharchin Aseldra Yeth will, will go through. She takes all things into account. She has knowledge of much of the battle thus far. And she will take all things said into account and make a decision by morning. Okay, so not as bad as it seemed. Will I die in my sleep tonight? Just a question. You are safe while you are here. She leads you to your rooms um, where the doors are open and inside on the table where the spread was laid, there's a new very rich dinner left for you um, and says, uh, I will return in the morning to let you know what is to come of our alliance in this battle. And she begins to walk away. As she walks away, I say, thank you. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to turn to my friends and uh, I'm going to say, okay, uh, I got to offer on the table from Zaz Tam to uh, get Bort out of my head. And I'm not really sure of the finer details. I need a little more clarification because it sounds like he wants me to join his army if he helps me out. But I don't know if that's like an immediate thing or if that can be a sign up later after we finish the Tiamat stuff. What should I do? Should I take the offer or? Okay, well, hold on a second. So he wants you to join their army, his army? It wasn't very clear to me. Um, I think so. And for how long? That's a good question. I'm not really sure. Okay, well, I think, you know, maybe getting some, some extra details might be good. What happens if you leave Bort in there? One of you disappears entirely? Eventually, yep. Do we know which one? I can't guarantee, I don't think. Roll a d20 there, Tom. I'm not wearing any underwear.
Music in today's episode was by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.filmmusic.io. Even less than that, as of when this is released. Okay, well then mm-hmm. it's still accurate. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. It is less than two months. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, so, so. Amy, if you're talking about right now, it's more than two months away. Exactly. But exactly. I was assuming no, that you were talking about when it was being released and were therefore right in the first I also right thought you were part. like, yeah, you I were was accounting jumping. for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you no, were. You just, nailed it. I just fucked shit up. Yep. All right, you're the one that's down. It. Yeah, it's true. Slap <laughs> <laughs> um, some yeah. Rossmore magic on it and it never happened. Exactly. When Tharchin Eseldra Yet Yeth I'm gonna get that right. Tharchin Eseldra there's a lot of she opens the door and you see the page something spooky Russ would you say that amber is the color of her energy sure okay yeah ooh <laughs> Thanks, Carla. <laughs> I thought Russell's gonna do it. I was trying to wait. Missed it. It's <laughs> a three eleven song. This that, oh. that dope three eleven track that the Haggy Sack guy like deaf listens to. <laughs> <laughs> More teasing for the Haggy Sack guy. I love it. Um, a lot of build up. This story better be good. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> there was a quiz. I. <laughs> I was not revered for a quiz. I feel like, yeah, you just got back from spring break and the teacher drops a fucking test on you. Right? And there's a I quiz. I feel like I really need to, like, enter all of my notes into, like, a Word document so I can search for keywords. Control <laughs> F. Exactly. Because, like, I def have that in my notes. Are we not living up to our end of things, Russ? No, it's fine. It's good. It's perfect. All this awkward <laughs> pauses is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Lucky. We, <laughs> totally. You guys are like, damn it. She gets an easy question. one. Who the fuck's Rath Modar? <laughs> I don't know. I think Russ made it up. I think it's a Star Wars character that he dropped in. He thought we wouldn't George notice. Lucas's rejected Star Wars character names. <laughs> Absolutely. You just give up on your own notes because you couldn't read them. <laughs> yeah, and people no, are asking fine. for this shit in Patreon. I know, I don't, I don't know, know why. why. Guys, don't pay for that. Yeah. No, Get it's him not to that type Russ it can't read it. It's that we're not giving him anything to work with. <laughs> I totally had the answer to that one. You did. Yeah, but he wasn't expecting that. No, it's good. <laughs> and Wrath Modar must fall. <clears throat> Dungeons and Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hey friends, The Sprouting is a podcast that I want to tell you about and you should go listen to. It's an eldritch horror of an actual play podcast set in an apocalyptic future where eldritch plants have taken over. Magical bargains twist the fate of reality and each survivor struggles to trust their own senses as they try to see their goals through to their ends. The show uses the rules from Call of Cthulhu to heighten the drama of the story and leave the fate of the story at the whims of the dice. And they've created a completely homebrew world, a a plant apocalypse, where the senses can't be trusted. And instead, the characters must learn to trust one another. 
The show is completely scored by beautiful music from their in-house editor, which heightens each dramatic moment throughout the show. I've got a little promo for you here, but go check out The Sprouting. I've listened to it. You need to listen to it. And you should start with the prequel episode when you go over there. Search for The Sprouting anywhere you listen to podcasts. Forgotten name, we call upon you. We call upon you. In the words of the unspeakable language, we call upon you. We call upon you. By the spilt blood of the wicked who walk upon this world, sprouting the words of false idols, we call upon you. We call upon you. On the land of the dead harvest, that which brings the earth itself into your service, Yamal, we call upon you. We call upon you. We call upon you. We call upon you. The Sprouting, a Call of Cthulhu actual play podcast by Blighthouse Studio. Find us on your podcatcher of choice.